Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Hey, Amen. It almost sounded like he was like angry about the competitiveness of the push and pull parade. Uh, I'm like, Josh, he's getting competitive right there on our announcements. That's cool. I also admired his poof right in the middle. You know, this thing, if I did that, I'd look like a quail, you know, just <clears throat> not, not good. Um, but uh, I want to say thank you to David for moving this table. I want to celebrate you, actually, because um, uh, what was it, four months ago? Four months ago, he had open heart surgery, and uh, he is faithful in moving that table from here, from there to here every week, and it's just amazing. But I'm so glad you're healthy. So glad you're back. So glad you're moving the table. It's just. And if if you think that whatever you do is a small thing, it's not. It's significant. Just moving that table here is a big deal. And it blesses me and hopefully all of you. And so um, very, very cool. This weekend is Veterans uh, Day weekend. And uh, we just want to acknowledge our veterans today. And so if you are serving, if you have served, or if you're the parent or uh, spouse of someone serving, would you please stand so we can acknowledge the fact that uh, today uh, you, are, you guys are amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you so much for keeping our country free. We appreciate that so much. And uh, if there's not a challenge in this world today, it's a challenge to be in the military. And we pray for you. We ask God's blessing on you. And thank you for serving in our military and uh, giving your, your time and energy to all that is going on in our world today. Well, we're involved in a, a series called Ripped, but we're also involved in an, an initiative called Achieve the Mission this Achieve the Mission initiative is an effort to pray for a miracle and to ask everyone to become a partner in this miracle of raising $400,000 above our tithe so that we can see the acceleration of ministry happen at Journey. And um, I believe that uh, what is happening over these last, especially 14 days, has been amazing in 14 days of prayer. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you're fasting, God bless you. Um, some are, are fasting social media. I had somebody say this morning that he's fasting social media. And the most amazing benefit so far, besides the Lord moving in his life, is that he doesn't have to charge his phone nearly as much. <clears throat> and so that's a cool thing. That's a cool consequence of, uh, of, of fasting. But um, the, the, the most amazing part of this whole process, and I hope you see this as this, is that we are simply asking God to speak to us and that we're committing to be obedient to him. Whatever that means, whatever that speaks to you, however God leads you, that's exactly what we want to have happen is that we would get used to hearing his voice. If that's the end result of this entire thing, that would be amazing because we'd all be walking in step with what God has for us in our lives. 
And so um, Achieve the Mission, you can find the details of that, uh, that initiative on our website. Uh, if you go on the app, you can find it there as well. And uh, the exciting thing is we're, we're raising 50% of that, that goal to help fund our mortgage. And what that will do is if the mortgage is covered, then the operational expenses can be funneled into more of ministry, which is really, really exciting for us. Then another 30% of the, those funds will be given to staff development and a future internship program, which we believe is necessary to raise up the next generation of leaders and, in, and include, <clears throat> yeah, and include building uh, on the, the leadership we have, which are tremendous individuals in our church that are serving and leading today. And then a 20% goes to local and global missions efforts, creating a ministry flow from our church into the world, into uh, missions opportunities. And I have a deep, deep passion and a vision for our church to be a church-building church, that we go around the world building uh, facilities and building churches for indigenous church and indigenous pastors so that they can go and, and, and use that facility to become a community center. What I've noticed in the world is if an indigenous pastor has a facility, then they are capable of becoming this community center that promotes the gospel. And uh, that's powerful. And there's all kinds of ways to do that. The goal in the future, as we continue to grow and grow into the expenses of, of, of our mortgage and all those things, is to flip these numbers. Is to have maybe 20% be our, our deferred maintenance uh, funds so that we can take care of the building and take care of all the things that need to be taken care of and the operational expenses of the church. But then 50% would go to missions and to local and global missions. And we would flip those numbers. And so the, the, the initiative will be ongoing, uh, but for the next 12 months, we're asking you to take this envelope and uh, pray over it. For the next seven days, I want to ask you to go and pray over this envelope and just say, God, whatever you want me to write on this, I will write on this. And I'm going to talk more about uh, what a faith decision looks like in just a moment. But whatever you want me to write on this, I, I will write on it and then turn it in next Sunday. Bring it next Sunday, and there's three opportunities. I will begin to tithe. Believe it or not, if you're not tithing now and you begin to tithe, that will have a huge effect and impact on the church, and that's amazing, and it will have an Im impact on your life as well. Um, <clears throat> secondly, I will give a certain amount of money per month to become an Achieve a Mission Partner, and you could do that, or my one-time gift will be this. And we've had uh, a couple people, several people actually make commitments already. They've made commitments um, that are significant. They're miraculous. They're challenging. And um, they, they did it so that you would be encouraged to prayerfully consider uh, doing that. And let me just say that we've already reached 25% of the goal through those commitments. That's over $100,000 that has been um, partially given and, par and partially pledged to uh, see the, achieve the mission happen. And I'm so excited. I just believe God's doing something significant in our lives. And again, the whole goal is that we would just hear God's voice and we would obey him. Whatever that means is between you and God. Amen? Amen. Super excited about that. So come ready next week to hand this envelope in. Take it home, 
Leave it somewhere prominent for you to pray over it and pray over it and ask God to just speak to your heart. And whatever he puts on there, he will, uh, you, will, you will commit to um, being obedient to his voice. Amen? We've been in a process of preparation. The preparation was to read the book, The Blessed Life. If you don't have that book, there's several out there still that you can grab. And it explains so much about the blessed life of generosity. And then we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that is to prepare our hearts, our spirits, to sensitize us to whatever God's saying. And then we've talked about planning uh, ways to give generously. That's the third part of the, the process is planning. So this week is your plan week. This is the week to kind of hear God's voice and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to plan to do this. And, uh, and then lastly, next week is pledge. Pledge or commit or give next week and bring your gift with you if you choose to. And um, we'll see God do some great things. I've heard people saying, I'm going to give as well as pledge, and I'm going to do different ways of doing it. So however God leads you to do it, I'm just excited to see a miracle next week. The miracle's already begun. I'm excited about that. It's amazing. And um, I'm, I'm very, very excited about what next week will show us as God leads us. Well, making a faith decision is kind of hard. In fact, I'm, I'm not even sure I really like the decision or the, the language decision um, because I don't, I'm not sure faith should be a decision. The only decision is whether to obey or not to obey a faith step because if you're operating in faith, if you're doing something in faith, then you should be doing something that God has spoken you, for you to do. Okay, if you look throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is the one who guides people into crazy life or a faith life. Okay, we don't we don't always choose to do crazy things, right? I, I've I've grown um, averse to death-defying experiences, like bungee jumping, like parachuting out of a plane. Like driving on the highway. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, there's, there's things that I don't like to do anymore because um, I'm <laughs> I like to live. <laughs> and w like bungee jumping, I, I just think it's one of the craziest things in the whole wide world. I, I see these reels on Facebook and Instagram, and, and, and I look at that, and I'm go going, those guys are nuts. And they, they're, they're like, whoa! It's, it just seems like it goes on forever. That band just keeps stretching and stretching. And I'm like, is it going to stop? And the exciting part is you don't know. And then it stops and they don't die. And they, you know, some people dip their head in the water when they get down there. I'm like, what? That's crazy all by itself. But I'm, I'm just not into that. Mostly because I, I've seen and heard the news articles of, oops, it broke. Oops, I forgot to hook it in. You know, and then those people fall, unfortunately, to their demise. And I, that's not something I'm interested in. And I'm just not excited about that. I'm not excited about jumping out of a perfectly good plane. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me um, for the kicks of it. You know, now if the plane's going down and I have a parachute on, I'm jumping. Okay? But if, if, if the plane's not going down, there's no reason to get out of that plane. Would you agree? Okay. These kinds of death-defying things don't, it's not something I'm going to choose to do. But when we get to faith and when we start walking in faith, these are things that 
when God says do something, it's going, it's, it's going to look like it's not going to work. It's going to look like, what, what? It's going to look like, God, are you telling me to do something that I don't even understand how it's going to work? In one of uh, my live stream uh, videos that we've been doing on uh, every morning at 7 o'clock during this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I talked about three kinds of faith. There's toy faith, there's forced faith, and then there's guided faith. There's three kinds. The toy faith is what I would define as affordable faith or faith that makes sense. We just, we just go, okay, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be a part of um, <clears throat> this outreach to these people, and we're going to go feed the hungry. And, and I'm not saying that feeding the hungry is a bad thing. In fact, it's a very important thing. But if you can afford the time or afford the resources to go there, it's a, it's a loving thing to do, but it's not a risk. Right? And so we kind of put ourselves in the safe faith or the toy faith. We play around with it. We have fun with it. We, we feel good about it. Like, oh, I went and did something, and I could afford it. I did it, and I had all the time in the world to do it. I, you know, I, if, if, if it's a faith that's affordable or if it's a faith that's safe, it's not a faith. And I'm, it's true. Okay? You guys with me? No, it got really quiet. Okay? If it's a forced faith, and I've been in these situations where it's a forced faith, where you end up in a circumstance where you don't have a choice but to trust God. Where you don't have a choice but to trust that God's in control and he's going to take care of you. I went through that when my first uh, ministry role was a youth pastor's role. And I was in a very nice church. It was a comfortable church, but then it went through a big um, uh, challenge. The pastor had some big issues and and uh, the, the church uh, made him go, go away. And I was a youth pastor. And the board came to me and said, you're out too. And I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't part of the problem. But they said, uh, we, we, need, we need to start new. You remind us of him. I'm like, oh, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. We love you. We think you're amazing. But we don't. And, and, and we we, we have to start fresh and new. And so I, my wife and I were like, we don't have a job. That's called forced faith. Okay? That's forced faith where I have to go, okay, let's trust. And then I started asking around and looking, and I ended up being a, a youth pastor in another church. And uh, that pastor had a moral failure, and I ended up being the lead pastor of that church. And God directed those steps. I wasn't aware that he was doing it. I was fearful. I was scared. I was nervous. And how many of us go through those experiences where life experiences where we go through stuff that we didn't plan, we didn't choose, we didn't want, and we didn't hear from God, but then God spoke through those events, right? I call that forced faith. That's not you and me going, okay, God, I'll go, right? It's okay. Let's split the, the, let's split the sea and let's cross th through the Red Sea. That's not how that went. And that's what I call forced faith. And then there's guided faith. A faith where we are intensely asking God, God, speak to me. And then he speaks. And then we have a choice. We have a choice to either do what God says or not to do what God says. 
We have a choice to say, nope, not doing that. That's a bungee jump experience, and I'm not into those anymore. Or we can say, God, I trust you. I know you're going to hook the bungee up. I know it's not going to break when I jump. I know that you're going to come through. I know that you're going to take this and it's going to be a kingdom event. I know that it's going to be something that brings you glory and not me glory. I know all these things. I know that's going to be an amazing experience, and so I want to do that. And what I'm hoping and praying during this time of prayer and fasting, what I'm hoping and praying is not this that we get an idea of what God wants us to give, but how God wants us to live. There's a big difference. Because this isn't just about giving. This isn't just about an opportunity to fund the ministry of the church, but it's an opportunity for you and me to collectively be part of an obedient process that, that launches the church into a place of faith and a place of experience that goes way beyond our imaginations. It's an opportunity for you and me to hear God's voice when we wake up in the morning to know how we're to, to, to love people at church or, to how, or, or at work or how we're to go and love the person on the street corner or whatever. And we get used to hearing his voice and we begin not just uh, acting a, a, a toy faith where we live a safe life, but we live a risky one. And we trust God, but a guided one. A guided faith, and that's the goal. And so Hebrews chapter 11, the famous faith chapter, talks to us like this. And it says now, um, <clears throat> there's a spider on my iPad. Excuse me. Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. So faith is something that has to do with a future event or a future outcome. Faith is confidence that what we are hoping for, what, we believe, what we're believing for, what we're putting our trust in will happen. So when I jump off that bridge and I have something tied around my ankles, my faith is that the future experience will be that I do not die, but that I enjoy this moment of flying through the air, if you will, and, and, and coming to an end where it's just stretching and I'm swinging and I'm going, ah, that was fun. Instead of, the nice thing is, if it does break, it's pretty quick. But that's, faith in God doesn't end that way. Faith in God doesn't end that way. It, it ends with this hope, this joy, this experience, this elation that says, I was a part of something significant that God led me into. That's what faith is. And then it's the assurance about what we do not see. We don't know. That's why, uh, that's why it's just crazy faith. It's crazy life to live a life of faith because we're doing things that God is challenging us to do and we have no way of understanding or knowing because if we did, it would be our, in our own strength and our own power. It might be that safe or affordable faith or that toy faith. It's, it's that kind of faith. But when we're in a place where we don't know when we don't understand and we don't have the complete answers, but we're stepping out, and if God said, Ricardo, I want you to step off the stage and you're going to walk through the air, I'm not going to do that. But if he told me to do that, I would have to because there would, there, I'd have to trust that something in the air is holding my feet up. 
And that's the kind of faith that we want to live. That's the kind of faith that God will lead us into. Not a faith that, that doesn't accomplish something. Not a faith that's just ineffective and, and it doesn't have any meaning. But it brings us to a place where the kingdom is built or the, the, the world changes. And all throughout this chapter, in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the, the faith of Noah. And it says this phrase, by faith, by faith. And it says, by faith, Noah, Noah built the ark. By faith, Abraham, Abraham did several things. Abraham uh, went when he did not know where to go. God told Abraham, go, and he, he went not knowing where to go. The Bible actually says that. By faith, Abraham and Sarah had a child in their old age. And that meant that what they thought wasn't working anymore had to work. And that's as graphic as I'm going to get. <clears throat> they were old. They didn't believe it could happen anymore. Nothing was working. That's it. Okay. By faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, the promise of the future of Israel. And then God provided a sacrifice. Abraham had the knife up. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months to save him from death. By faith, Moses led the Hebrews out of Egypt. By faith, Moses crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. By faith, Moses did a lot of things. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab hid the Israelites, uh, Israelite spies, and as a result, she was not killed when Jericho fell. Gideon fought thousands with hundreds. By faith, Samson, cru Samson crushed the Philippines, or Philistines, not the Philippines. By faith, David, David conquered the giant. If, if, if you and I, would we fit into this list? Would, would we fit into this list? I, I know, th these are heroes of faith. And we kind of look at them like, uh, no, that's not me. I'm not that big. I'm not that significant in the world. I, I, I'm, I'm not that meaningful. What I do isn't, isn't that's, that's the wrong way to look at this. All of us should have a by faith in front of us. By faith, Ricardo. By faith, Martha. By faith, Chris. By faith, Jim. By faith. Whoever, whatever our names are, we should be included in this list. By faith, what, what are we hearing from God? All these people didn't go do their thing and, and, and not hear from God. All these people were told by God to do something. They were told by God to go do what they were supposed to do. And all of them had some level of doubt. All of them. Like Moses, he was like, uh, you're picking the wrong guy. I don't speak well. I, 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 I st 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 stutter. And God actually gave him Aaron, who then would be the interpreter of Moses' words. There were all kinds of doubters. Gideon, if you don't know the story of Gideon, he was asked to, to be the leader of, of the, the Israelites over the Midianites. And the re <coughs> there were too many warriors. Now, in, in, in Gideon's mind, first of all, he was not even worthy to be a leader. 
And God had to prove to him, and Gideon used what's called a fleece or a, a, a kind of a, a, a negotiation process with God. And Gideon said, hey, God, if you're, if you're really telling me this, then I'm going to put this, this sheepskin out. And what I want to have happen is I want the ground to be all wet, but the sheepskin to be dry. And so God said, okay, yeah, let's do that. And he puts the sheepskin out, and sure enough, the ground's all wet, and the sheepskin's dry. And you'd think that would be enough. But then Gideon said, uh, let's flip that around. And he said, let's make the sheepskin all wet and the ground dry. And so he did it again. There was this negotiation between Gideon and God, and God was gracious enough to put up with it. And, and you know, I think he's gracious enough with us to go, oh, man, God, I need some help. I need some, I need some encouragement. I need to see something going on here. And <clears throat> by faith, Gideon went and defeated the Midianites with 300 people, 300 guys. There was a whole process of choosing that, that, that group of warriors, and there's all kinds of people. David made mistake after mistake, and, and, and Peter made mistake after mistake. You know, no, God's not calling perfect people. He's just calling people that are willing. Hebrews eleven thirteen says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Their life was characterized by faith. It wasn't just a, a moment. It wasn't just one thing. It was, just, it was the way they lived. They lived by faith until they died. Faith didn't stop at one point and say, I'm a retired Christian. I've given my time. I've done my thing. I've served all I needed to do. Now it's time to rest. Sorry. There's no retirement in Christianity. They did not receive the things they pro- the, the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. This is sometimes the most difficult part of faith, is that faith isn't for us now, it's for the future. It's for the next generation. You and I are going to invest, depending on your age, depending on where you're at, you're going to invest in the next generation, not this one. You're going to give of yourself, but you're not going to see the result. You're going to participate in the future result. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Most people acting in faith are kingdom-minded, not earthly-minded. That's the difference. That's what changes the game. That's what motivates the, 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 the generosity and the sacrifice and the, 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 the giving of themselves and their, their energy, their time, their talent, their, their lives. People with fear usually want to go back. In fact, the Israelites wanted to do that right after they got through the, the, the Red Sea and they'd, they'd seen God do some miracles. They were like, Moses, let's just go back. This, it was a lot easier being a slave than it is being free in the, in the desert right now. Why? Because they didn't have faith. And Moses encouraged them and God rewarded him for his faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, it says, And what more shall I say? 
I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, or Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies, Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. That last part was just to help us know that living by faith doesn't guarantee earthly prosperity but it gains heavenly reward. This passage tells us clearly that, that, that we are, when we act in faith, we can do great things, but we may also face great battles. We, almost, we, we will almost likely face great opposition. It's the scary part of being a pastor and doing things of, in faith and stepping out in faith is knowing that the enemy hates that. But there has to be a resolve, right, of us Christians going, no, we're not going to give the enemy ground. We're not going to give, we're going to, in fact, we're going to take it back. In fact, we're going to stretch our faith. We're going to do everything that God calls us to do. And then we will experience the reward, no matter the cost of the battle. Because we win the war. The war's already been won. The devil is already defeated. Christ has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. There is already a place for you and me prepared in heaven, and people of faith have the kingdom in mind. That's what it's all about. Now, here's a really powerful statement. In verse 39, it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. And so all of these were precursors to the coming of Jesus and, and prophets and, and, and leaders of the, of the people of Israel. None of them had, had, had received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us that only together with us they be made perfect. And so this is a prophetic statement saying that not everybody in the past did not receive what was promised and everybody in the future is a part of the promise. That means you and I are a conclusion or a part of the, the promise. And our participation is going to be more powerful together than apart. We have to act in faith together. That's the power of the body. That's the power of collective faith is that when we do this together, we can do far more together than we can do apart. That's what's so important, and that's what's so important about the plan that God put together, not just for us, but for the entirety of the church, is that God is putting together a collective group of people that will stand in faith and believe that we can do greater things than we could ever do alone. You are significant. You are important. Don't worry about the quantity of the picture, of the number you placed on this envelope. Worry about your part in what happens 
when we act in faith. I believe God is going to speak to you. It's going to be something that doesn't make sense. It's going to be all the characteristics of faith, but it's not going to be determined or valued based on the size of it, but on the faithfulness of it. Some of you are going to, these gifts that have already been given or pledged are, are huge, are big. They stretch the faith of the people that are, are saying, I want to seed. I want to give motivation. I want to give some help to, to the church. But they're, they're just simply that. They're motivation. They're not values that we need to match our, ourselves to unless God leads you to do so. Here are the characteristics of a step of faith. Very quickly. A step of faith is not something, it is, it is something not yet. So whatever you're giving to is for the future. It's something unseen. We don't know how it's going to happen. It requires a prompting from God. It requires us to listen to the Lord. We want to be led of God. We want to be guided faith, not forced faith, not toy faith, but guided faith. And guided faith is going to stretch us. It requires God's involvement. It means that whatever God speaks to us to do in faith will be a collective effort between me and him to get it done. Faith without works is dead. We can't, we can't expect to have something happen without us doing something. And so it's going to require, but it always requires God's involvement. It has something to do with what's next. The vision, in this case, for Journey, the vision for the church, the vision for the big church as we collectively work together. It will bring glory to God. Whatever happens, God will be celebrated because it's, it's what God does. We'll look at it and go, whoa, there's no way we could have done that. It was God that did it. And people will recognize that, the Bible tells us. It's mission-focused. It's part of God's plans. Faith steps require us doing something, doing the works that come alongside of faith, and it shows what can be done together. These are all the characteristics of the steps of faith. And today, I want to just challenge us all. Let's not participate in toy faith for sure. Let's avoid that. The kind of faith that we just kind of play around with and call it faith. Forced faith, we don't really have a choice. Sometimes it's discipline. Sometimes it's God leading us in in, in directions that we would never choose for ourselves. And so God makes it happen. And then guided faith, obedient faith. Is there a by faith in front of your name? By faith, Ricardo. By faith, your name. Would it be in that list? Would it be in that place where God is leading you and guiding you? And it's not just about giving. It's about the, the, the next step that we take in our lives. Maybe so many of you are being called to ministry right now. And God's saying, you need to be a full-time minister. You need to, to get in, in school. You need to get in training. You need to, get, you need to be a part of our future internship program. Whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a, a, a new opportunity at work, and God's stretching you and saying, come on, take the step. Apply for the job. Or maybe it's a change. There's a step of faith. Maybe it's a friend that needs to hear the gospel, and you've been afraid to do that. I get it time to step out just be obedient the results are up to God it's one of the things I've learned in ministry is I I used to think that it was all up to me as the pastor 
that if something didn't work out or needed to work out, that I would, it was on me. And I burn out trying that. I burn out living the thinking that way. Now I just try and, and, and hear God's voice and lead where God is leading me and us and, and then let's do it together. And let's see what God does. Because that's the way God works. And I'm excited to be alongside you in faith. Together we can do something way beyond our imaginations. Not because of our efforts, but because of our faith in God. Father God, I thank you so much for each person in this room. Lord, we're all being challenged right now by your word to be guided by your, by your direction and that we would have guided faith. That we would have a faith that trusts where you're leading us. That we'd have a faith that trusts where you're taking us. That we would have a faith that helps us understand what direction to go in life. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you just speak to us. Lord, as we take this next week and we pray and we fast and we ask you to speak to us, may we hear your voice clearly. Knowing, God, that it's going to challenge us, it's going to stretch us, it's not going to make sense, it's going to take us further than our imaginations may go. But, Lord, I believe that you have an answer, you have a direction, you have a, a desire to speak to your church today. And I pray for that to happen in all of our hearts. I pray for all of that to happen in all of our minds that we might experience the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives. May, that we may experience the joy of a faith-filled life instead of a fear-filled life. Help us, God, to live at a level of faith that we are in complete trust and confidence in you and not in ourselves. I thank you and I praise you for that, God. I pray for your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us this week and every day of our lives. May we walk in step with you. May we have confidence in your ability to lead us in the direction that you want us to go and to do the great and unbelievable, crazy things that we can't even imagine. I thank you and I praise you for that, God. Be glorified in your church today. Be glorified in our faith. May our faith be evidence of your power. We give you thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. And if you're here today, maybe online or on site, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, let's just take a minute and invite you in. The first step in living a life of faith, a life of excitement, a life of fulfillment is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. The work that he did on the cross to die for our sins and then to raise again to life to come back after dying and, and, and raise again, giving, in the, giving us the hope of eternal life. If that's you today and you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I receive you today. I, ex I ask that you forgive me of my sins. The sins that I've committed to separate me from you, I pray that you forgive them based on the work you did on the cross. And I receive that forgiveness today. And I will repent of my sins. I will turn away from them and walk towards you and, and, and commit to follow you for the rest of my life. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And today I have the promise of eternal life. And I am now a child of the King. And I will spend eternity with you. And I'm excited about that, God. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.